I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to get right into the Word of God today. I was so encouraged at the beginning of the service, I went to the back to talk to Kristen and just check on her and Wyatt's back there running the live stream. I was so encouraged. But how many know your family is a great encouragement to us? Amen. And I said, hey, I said, Kristen, are you feeling okay? She says, yes, I, I'm doing all right. And Wyatt looked at me and he said, Dad, the faster you preach, the quicker I can get home and take a nap. Man, the disrespect. Hey, man. And so uh, I, I will tell you this. If you'll preach with me today, we'll get, we'll get through this quicker and faster and if you'll amen me, come on, uh, man, we'll get through this just as quick as possible. Uh, last week, we started a series called Battle Ready. Everyone say Battle Ready. And we talked about knowing who the enemy is, and we talked about who our enemy is. And I felt like coming into 2024, the Lord laid on my heart to speak on uh, spiritual warfare and spiritual battle. How many know we go through seasons as Christians? There's seasons where we're victorious, and there's seasons where where we uh, are, are in the midst of battle. How many know that we are not in a playground, but we're on a battleground, spiritually speaking? Amen? Now, come on. Some of you need to get that in your heart. Amen? And, and so uh, I, I want to look at this. We're going to look at, and we looked at verses, I think, 11 through 13 last week, but we're going to pick up at Ephesians chapter 6, 13 through 20 today. And uh, uh, it says this right here, if you have it. If, if you don't, you can look up on the screen. It says, therefore, everyone say, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? Woo. Not to sit down, but to what? Stand. All right. Good. Verse 14, it says, come on, say it with me. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making sup uh, uh, perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Verse 19. And also for me, Paul's saying, hey, I'm over here. Uh, uh, pray for me while, while you're at it, all right? Pray for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. There's, this is a powerful bit of scripture. How many of you uh, remember uh, or raised in church and you remember Sunday school learning about the whole armor of God? All right. How many have never learned about the armor of God? You know what, I, I, I've, I've been, um, you know, just thinking about this, and, and I feel like, you know, there, there are things in Scripture 
And you say, Pastor, why do you repeat yourself? Because if you hear it over and over, you're finally going to get it. It's going to rest in your heart. You're going to understand uh, uh, what the, the purpose of this is. Last week we talked about knowing who our enemy was. And we learned about the devil and his devices. We learned of his schemes. How many know the devil's a schemer? And, and two of the things that we talked about last week was the devil uses force and the devil uses fraud against people. And he will hit you with wave after wave after wave of, of struggle and event, right? And he'll try to discourage you uh, at times. And then he's a fraud. He'll come in and he'll lie to you or give you a half-truth. He tried many times. He tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. He did this with Eve. He gave her a half-truth. He said, surely you won't die. Surely God didn't say that. And, and, and he gave her a half-truth, and that's what the enemy is. How many know the enemy is a fraud? And, and we also talked about this. Our enemy is not a person. It's not flesh and blood. But our enemy is this, is, is the spirit behind the devil or the spirit behind. You know, sometimes the devil uses people. Come on, somebody, right? Sometimes the devil uses people to discourage us without them even realizing that they're being used by the enemy. But he, he breaks it down, and he gave us four entities that we need to look out for and that we ought to know about that are enemies. Number one, principalities. What is a principality? Is a prince over a palady. That's literally what that word means, and it is a territorial demonic demon. And, and, I, may, and, and I'm not, I don't really want to break these down. If you weren't here last week, go back and listen to it. I, I break those down a little bit, a little bit more. Rulers of uh, uh, authorities is another one, and these are uh, high-ranking demons that, that put us in bondage. There's lower-level demons, and then there is these higher-ranking de demons, and they usually work in three different areas. We talked a little bit about this. I'll, I'll mention this, moral impurity, uh, things that, that we sin against the flesh, and the, those include things like uh, lust and, and fornication and, and, and things like that. The, the other thing is bitterness. If, if the devil can come in and cause a root of bitterness in you, come on, how many know that you can be held in bondage because you you cannot forgive someone that you are holding a grudge against. That's one of the other things. The other thing is temporal value, that you are putting things before uh, God. You're putting idols before God, your job, your career, your money, your relationship, whatever that is. If you're putting that, those are temporal things that are going to go away. But how many know that God is eternal? All right, so we talked about those those rulers of authorities and then temporal, uh, and then we talked about uh, power over darkness and spiritual forces uh, of evil over heavenly places. You can go back and, and get a good review on that. Go back and listen to last week. If you missed it last week, go back and listen to it, all right? But after identifying the enemy, Paul tells us to stand. He tells us to stand not once, not twice, not three times, but he tells us to stand four times in the Scripture, all right? And, and they are just boom, 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 one right after the other. And he says, stand, but he says, take up or put on. He says it twice. Put on the armor of God. And he also says, take up the armor of God. And, and here's what I know. That means this, that every day as a believer, I am going to have to choose to pick up the armor of God, to take it and to put it on and go about my day with the armor of God. I said this last week. Listen, I can pray with you till I'm blue in the face, but I can't put the armor of God on you. You have the responsibility to get up every day, come on, and put that armor on and say, hey, I'm ready for battle. Whatever, it, whatever comes today, Lord, I am ready. Amen. So we know this about the devil, and he, he is the ruler of darkness is what the scripture tells us. He works in secrets, and he works in lies. 
You know what the devil wants you to do if you have sin in your life? He wants you to feel so bad about it that you are afraid to confess that sin to somebody else. And if things are done in secret and cannot be brought out into light, it is usually, uh, man, mostly not the Lord because the Lord reveals things. The Lord reveals things. The devil wants to hide things. And as long as you hide sin in your life, listen, you will be in bondage to the enemy. Amen. Come on, somebody give me an amen. So he works in secrets and he works in lies. And his goal is to cover your life with darkness, to make you doubt, to make you give up on God. He wants nothing more. This is what he wants. When he's got you to the place that you're like, I think I'm going to give up on God. I think I'm going to quit. You know what he has done? He is ruling over you. He has changed your mind. He has made you think differently. He wants nothing more than to rule over you. And so he attacks you uh, so much with so many things and you just get hit. And, 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 and people say this, man, the devil just has me. And, and, and what we do when we get to that place is we are giving authority to the devil saying, hey, you have me. And, and how many know that the devil is a con and the devil is a, sch is a schemer, amen? How many know the devil is a liar? Now, on the flip side to that, okay, on the contrast, all right, if, if, if the devil is the kingdom of darkness, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. Jesus, I read this last week in, in Colossians chapter 1, but Jesus exposed principalities. He exposed sin. He exposed the devil on the cross. And the scripture tells us that he made a show of openly saying, hey, you are defeated. All right, everyone say amen. Light exposes darkness, right? Man, you can be in a dark room, but if you got a flashlight, whoo, you could see what was moving in the corner, right? Ooh, how many are grateful for the light of Jesus Christ? Light exposes darkness. While, while Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said this, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. So verse 13 tells us, Paul says this, stand. And in verse, between verses 11 and 14, he says stand four times. Everyone say stand, 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 stand. That means don't sit down on your booty. That does not mean retreat. That means stand. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you were not meant to be doing this in the battle. You are meant with, with what God has given you to be taking ground, to taking steps forward, saying, devil, I am not backing down. Amen. And so God has given us all that we need to succeed against the enemy. So how many know that the devil is already a defeated foe? Man, he's on, a, he's on a, a ship that is sinking, and he wants nothing more than to drag everyone down. But how many know that Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, come on, he beat sin, death, hell, and the grave, and he went down, and he rose again. And because of Jesus Christ, we have the victory. Amen? Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Oh, man, I said this, we're not in a playground, but we're in a battleground. And we need to understand that as the people of God. Some of us don't take this spiritual thing very seriously sometimes. Lord, I'll go to church, I'll give you my, my hour long, and then I, I'll, I'll go about my week. And not even realizing that the enemy is coming in and he is trying to kill and he is trying to destroy you. 
And Paul tells us, stand, and he says, stand firm, and he says, withstand, and he, he says, you got to get in the spiritual fight. So let's break these down. We've got, we got the, uh, 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 the armor of God. Number one is the belt of truth. Everyone say the belt of truth. Belt of truth. It says this, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. The older I get, the more I love my belt. Right? When I was young, I didn't really like to wear a belt, but now I understand why you wear a belt. Come on, somebody, right? But the belt, the King James Version says this. It says, gird your loins with the truth. It says, and we need to understand something. Your loins, come on, your loins in this area, it's a personal area. And Paul is saying this, let the truth lead you in the personal and the private areas of your life. Come on, somebody. Why? Listen to me. A man or a woman whose private life is surrounded by the truth will do well to determine what is a lie. Man, when you know the truth, you can look out and go, you're a liar? Mm-mm, you're lying, lying, lying. And all the rest of the armor, and this is what we need to understand, all the rest of the armor either hangs or is connected to this belt. The belt of truth, come on, it, it holds things together. And Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.25 to put away falsehood or lying. That's what he does. It's just straightforward. And how many know that the devil is the father of lies? So if the devil works in lies, uh, you know, uh, then God works in truths, right? And, and the devil, when he speaks his native language, come on, you know what his native language is? It's not Spanish. It's not English. It's not Japanese. It's lies. That's what he speaks. It's what he spews out of his mouth. He tells you, hey, you are the tail. When God says, hey, you are not the tail, you are the head. He says, you're no good. And God says, you are my masterpiece. And he tries to tell you and beat you down and tell you all these lies. And we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. Amen. How do you expose darkness? Put a light on it. Hey, I see you over there. You know, it's like Kevin McAllister, I'm not afraid anymore. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. How do you expose darkness? You put a light on it. How do you expose a lie? Put the truth on it. Put the truth on it. And the devil, he works in darkness. He works in lies, and he works in confusion, and that is his ammo. And in your life, if you're feeling confused, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, and you're feeling all those things, listen to me. That is the enemy trying to work on you, trying to confuse you, and and this is what we have to do. Uh, You know, uh, the devil tries to tell you, hey, keep that sin secret. Keep those thoughts secret, and don't expose those things to the truth, but but he'll, he'll fill your head with lies to cause confusion in your life. And I like this, Pastor Robert Morris, the pastor of Gateway Church. How many have ever heard of that church in, 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 in Texas? A very awesome speaker. And listen, this guy I think is one of the best speakers on, on, on spiritual warfare, in my opinion. But he says this, and I believe this. I stand with him on this. All bondages start with believing a lie of the enemy. When we begin to believe what the enemy's saying versus what the truth of God says, we become subject to the enemy. The enemy will tell you just won't drink, one drink, it won't hurt you. And then we're consumed in our lives, overwhelmed. Can't make it a day. I can't, I can't, you know, make it without it. And the devil will tell you just one snort or just one hit 
We see this in so many people. Their lives have been destroyed. Their families have been destroyed by addiction, and they're broken. The devil will tell you just one night with someone, or the devil will say, just, just look at that pornography. Not tell you that it will destroy your family, destroy your marriage. Come on, somebody. Uh, you're quiet. I know you're hearing it. But how do you defeat a lie? With the truth. Everyone say truth. Jesus said it like this. John 8, 32. This is a powerful scripture. You ought to put this on your fridge. You ought to put this on. You ought to underline this in your Bible. It says this. And I'm going to read out the King James Version. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. That's Jesus speaking. Free from what? Free from sin. Free from the lies of the enemy. Free from bondage. John 14, 6, Jesus said it, said this to him, I am the way, I am the what? I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, the world will tell you this. There are situational ethics is what they'll say. And truth is relative to certain circumstances. But how many know that that is a lie of the enemy? Come on. How many know there is a truth and there is a lie? There is a white and there is black. And the, the gray area that we try to make things sometimes. But how many know that God speaks in truth and the devil speaks in lies? And this is what I pray every day. Lord, help me. Help me to see the truth. Jesus, in you, Lord, help me to see your truth in all that I do. That today, Lord, when I go out the, the door, Lord, that I'll be able to see every lie that the enemy is trying to, to trip me up with. And I'll be able to, to put him on notice, Lord, because your truth overcomes him. Come on. Every day we get up, we put on our belt. We cinch on our belt. And let me tell you something. When you put on your belt, man, sometimes if I didn't wear my belt and I ran, my pants might fall down and I might trip. Listen, some of us are tripping spiritually because we have not put on the belt of truth. And the truth will keep you walking freely in your life. How many know everyone say Jesus is the truth? Here's, here's the second one, the breastplate of righteousness. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And righteousness is simply this. Right standing before God, or another definition is this, the perfect holiness of Christ, righteousness, doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. You know, the chest on a person houses a lot of vital organs, right? And we have these rib cages that are designed to help us protect our heart, right? Our heart is right in the middle of our chest. And how many know that that can be a vulnerability to us? And so it's important to you and I spiritually to protect ourselves. And, and here's what I'll tell you. You cannot protect yourself in your own righteousness, but it's in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. All right? Come on, somebody. Man, and here's what I'll tell you. The, the breastplate of righteousness is designed for close combat. It is the last line of defense that if the enemy is right up on you to protect these vital organs. The enemy's after two things. Listen to me. The enemy's after two things in your life, spiritually speaking. He's after your heart and he's after your mind. If he can get your mind, he can get your heart. If he can get those things, he can trip you up and cause confusion in your life. And I can tell you this. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. His righteousness. Amen. So the, the, the chest on a person, it houses the vital organs. It's important to protect yourself. And if you are in a tight or a close battle, that breastplate, the last defense, can keep you from being killed or even destroyed. And Paul expounds on the idea in 1 Thessalonians. He says it like this. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, the beginning of that verse says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having what? Having put on what? Having put on what? And then he goes on and defines it, breastplate of what? Okay. Well, that's not righteousness. That says faith and love. But look at this. I want to show, show you something. Faith, look at me. Faith plus love equals righteousness. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean faith plus love equals righteousness? Faith in God and love for people. That's what God designed us to do. You know what the Ten Commandments are, the first four? They deal with my relationship and trusting and having faith in God and obeying God. You know what the other six are? Dealing with loving people and, and not sinning against other people. And, and that right there, because Jesus said it like this, the gospel hangs on those two things, that you love the Lord God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Those two things, it's all about God and it's all about relationship. And when we have that thing right, we are walking in the same righteousness that God has called us to. I asked a pastor friend of mine, and he had pastored for years. I was very young in the ministry, very green, very, uh, uh, and, and, and I looked up to this pastor, and I, I asked him, and he had a, a very uh, successful church, and I, I caught him one day, was able to have lunch with him, and I said, what is the, what is the key to ministry, and, uh, you know, and he looked at me, and I really didn't understand necessarily what he said, but he looked at me with so much wisdom, and he said, Trust God and love people and don't get it mixed up. And I began to think about that. I mean, I had to chew on that for weeks because I, I mean, that was above my pay grade by a long shot. But here's the thing, you know, we, we are to, to love people. I'm just saying, you're saying, Pastor, I can't trust people. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the main thing is this, that we trust God first in all that we do. We have faith in God and we love people like Christ has called us to do. Trust and obey God in faith. Love people, right? Ten commandments. That's really what it is. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible calls our righteousness filthy rags. Isaiah, right? Our righteousness as filthy rags. Guess what? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, your righteousness is as filthy rags. The Bible says it. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. All right? And, 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 and that's true. But listen, listen. If we go a little bit further, we read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become what? The, the what? The what? Of God. That breastplate of righteousness, it's him. It's not anything I do. It's nothing I deserve. It's him. And listen to me, uh, man, uh, when we get that right in our lives, man, I'm telling you, the righteousness of Christ will protect me. Come on, it'll keep bad habits off of me. It'll help me to walk in light of what God wants and not what I want. And listen, those things that I struggle with, they'll start to go away because in my heart, I have the righteousness of God upon me. And I'll say, God, I don't want to hurt you. God, I don't want to make you feel bad. God, I don't want to take your cross for granted and sin because I can't sin. But God, I want to I want to do what's right in your eyes. And can I tell you today, a lot of people have sad hearts and hard hearts and broken hearts because they failed to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And when I say people, I'm talking about church people. I'm talking about people who are who should be in the battle. In 1 John 3:20, it says our own hearts condemn us. 
Revelation 12.10, it says the devil con condemns us. So we're condemning ourselves. The devil's condemning ourselves. How do you defeat that? What protects you from the condemnation over your heart and life and feeling dead and defeated is this. Jesus Christ, Romans 8.1 says this. There is therefore now what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. His righteousness covers me, gives me power over the condemning blow of the enemy. Here's number three right here, the keys uh, of the gospel of peace. Everyone say, get you some kicks. All you old people, that's shoes, I think. Verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. So, so what keeps a soldier from stubbing his toe on the battlefield? What keeps you from hurting your feet when you're on a run uh, or whatever? Somebody say, I ain't running, I ain't doing that. But what keeps you from stubbing your toe when you go through, uh, uh, you know, the house and you hit, man, I hate stubbing my toe. You'll speak five languages that you didn't even know you spoke, right? Uh, but, but, but what keeps you from doing that is these shoes. That, and the shoes that the Roman soldiers would wear in that time were made to be comfortable, which helped the soldiers to make long marches. And, and kept the soldiers from slipping on the battlefield. And these helped the, the legions of soldiers or the groups of soldiers to wage war. But here's the thing. Here's the difference between our sandals and those of the Roman Empire is this. Theirs were for war. Ours are for peace. I want to say your sandals are for peace. Come on, say it. It shows us how different a Christian warfare is than the world's battles. Bible says this, we are to wear these shoes which are spreading the peace of God. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a good question here. This is rhetorical. This is for you. Do not answer this. Answer it in your head. But that means when's the last time you spread some peace for anything in the name of the Lord? When you could have had peace in your home, but yet you had to get the last word, which is facts. Come on, pastor. You preach it. I know. Spreading the gospel of peace. That means I, I don't walk on people, but I get to share with people what Christ has done in my heart. Come on. Uh, the gospel means this, good news. Everyone say good news. That means as I walk through my day, I have the privilege to look at someone and say, I got some good news. I'm walking down the aisle here at Rural King. I got some good news for you. Guess what? Jesus is alive. I've got some hope for you. Jesus is the answer. And I go through J.C. and my cart's bumping up against everyone else's cart. And we're complaining about high groceries. There's hope in Jesus. I got good news. Amen. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose and he defeated sin forever. And that peace uh, is Jesus and he loves you. And let me tell you something. That can set you free. Amen. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace, peace in your heart, 
we, we often overlook this this book of the or this part of the armor of God. And it's like, man, it'll get you the good stuff. But really, man, this thing, walking this out, knowing that God has saved me will give you peace and will give you hope that you can't even fathom and understand. You know, people look at you and say, man, your world's falling apart. How are you holding together? It's the peace of God that's holding me together. You don't understand it, but he's holding me in his hand. Amen. All right. Where we see the grace of God, we see the peace of God. Where we experience the grace of God, we'll experience the peace of God. Amen. It's good news. Amazing grace. Have you experienced amazing grace? Guess what? You should be experiencing amazing peace, too. All right, next one right here, shield of faith. Everyone say shield of faith. All right, look at this one right here. I like how Paul starts this. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So to understand this, what Paul would have been looking at, probably in a prison, looking at a Roman soldier, seeing them all the time, he, he looked at them. The Roman shield was about two foot by, uh, by four foot. And, and it was it wasn't made of wood, but it, ha- it w- but it was made of wood, but it had a thin piece of metal on the front of it to keep it from catching fire when darts came. OK, so when these fiery darts would be cast at them and they could hold up their shield and they could move that thing and that thing would just hit the metal and fall down. But as a Christian, come on, there are reasons and there are seasons uh, in our life uh, uh, where God shows his mercy. How many are glad for God's seasons of mercy on us? And man, it seems like everything's going good. Man, you got a raise. Man, everything's going great. The tires that you thought would only last 60,000 miles last 80,000 miles. Come on, somebody, right? You get 12 chicken nuggets instead of 10 tw- chicken nuggets. Everything is working out in your favor, right? And, and But then there are seasons where you're going to be tested and you're going to be tried. How do you know that, Pastor? Because Jesus was tested. And Jesus didn't go through anything that we that we we also will go through. So some people say, hey, hey, Jesus only wants you to be happy. And I believe that God wants you to be happy. But let me tell you something. The Lord cares more about your transformed heart than he does about your happiness here on this earth. The Bible says this. Come on. The Bible says this in Romans 12.1, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Man, and so we have to understand that God is working on your character. You say, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, look at Joseph in the Old Testament and tell me that God didn't allow him to go through trial after trial. Look at Job in the Old Testament and tell me that God didn't let him go through trial by trial. And at the end of that trial, he stood and he said, though, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Amen. It says in it, 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 the, the scripture here, it says in some circumstances, take up the shield, right? Come on, right? It says some circumstances. It says what? You know what the Greek word for all is? All. All of them. Every circumstance, every situation, the shield of faith, come on, is designed to protect us from the enemy's fiery darts. How many knows that faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing what? The word of God. You're here today. You're hearing the word of God. You're reading your Bible. Come on. You're hearing the word of God. I want to tell you, read it out loud so you hear it. So you're, you're increasing your faith, all right? We walk by faith and not by what? Oh. And here's how the devil works. He doesn't care if you recognize his darts. This is what he does. He shoots them at you. He don't care. He knows, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to just bombard them with some, with some fiery darts. And he shoots them at us. And he knows. Here's what he knows. 
If he can catch you with your shield down for just a second, you have a vulnerability and a weak point. And listen, what he wants to do is to hit you with one of those darts. And what happens when he hits you with one of those darts? Come on, there's there's a poison and there's some doubt that begins to set in. And there's some fear that begins to set in. And how many know that Jesus Christ has given us this shield of faith to stand up that when the enemy tries to throw every fiery dart at us, we can throw up our shields and say, not today, Satan. Amen. We're going to think about this. The, the Roman soldiers, they would do this. And this is amazing. I, I want to help you. Uh, man, I want to help you out. The people of God. Listen, if we as the people of God, if we as a church, come on, would stand together, arms linked, side by side with our shields in front of us, guess what? We would have the power to overtake the enemy. Come here, Braden. Help me out. Come here, Jared. Help me out. Come here, Zeddy. Since you're laughing, you come up here and help me out too. Got you. And this is what happens. I want you guys to hold up your shield. Come on, hold up your shield. I want you guys, I wish I had four shields. And this is what happens. Everyone look back at Tyler back in the sound booth. All six foot nine of him back there, all right? Listen, this is what this is the devil. He's gonna play the devil. Woo! This is good casting today. Oh no, I'm just joking, I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, but he pretend that he is the devil today. And here we are as the people of God. And I'm I'm praying here. I'm praying for my daughter. And I'm I, and I'm praying, I'm praying for Braden. And I'm praying for Jared. And here we stand. Come on, I want you to throw some some darts. I want you to throw some darts at us. Come on. No, not real, not real darts, all right. We don't have real shields. So throw some fiery darts. And this is what we would do. As those darts would come in, guess what? We're going to hold our shields up, listen, side by side, and we're going to protect ourselves that when those darts come down and they hit our shields that they'll be deflected and they'll go away. How many know that God has given us the, the shield of faith to deflect the enemy's darts that would come in and try to discourage you? Amen? Whoo, come on, somebody. Listen to me. Take up your shield. Stay right there. Take up your shield. Listen to me. Listen to me. Moms and dads, take up your shield and pray for your kids. Oh, come on, pastor. You're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I know. Moms and dads, pray for your kids because the enemy wants to take them out. And I can't help but think today that I am standing here today because I had a praying mom and I had a praying dad. And when I was at my weakest points that they prayed for me and they stood in the gap for me. Listen, as the people of God, man, we can stand locked arm to arm and hold up our shields and say, hey, not today, devil. You're not going to get the people of Cornerstone. You're not going to get this today, Lord. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Take up the shield of faith. Everyone say, take up. Number five, helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. When I worked in the oil fields, some of you say, what, you worked in the oil fields? I worked in the oil fields for nine years, California. And one of the things that I had to wear every day was a hard hat. Man, and I hated it every moment I would get out and wear that hard hat. And it seems like I would bump my head on more things because I had a hard hat on than, you know, than if I would have if I hadn't. But, but there were a few times, man, where I stood up sometimes and I hit my hard hat and I was grateful that I had my hard hat on. Amen. 
I got a pretty hard head, but come on, I don't want to break anything, right? But it kept me from bonking my head or, or something falling out of the sky on my head. The Roman helmet was used for protection, but was also designed to make the Roman soldiers look taller. Boy, I need that in my life. Tyler, too. It was made to make them look taller. And can I tell you something? Whew, come on. Salvation will lift you up. It's not your hand. It's what God's done in you. But that salvation will make you look taller. It'll make you look. And it's only because of Jesus Christ. Salvation, man, we say that. It's a churchy word. It's here. It, it comes from the word saved. You're saved from your sins. And, and when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I, I quote this scripture often at the end of service, Romans 10, 9. This is, this is what I believe is one of the greatest formulas. There's different ones that, 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 that tells us how we are to be saved. But Paul said it like this. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved means this, to be rescued. Can I tell you something? For those of you who, who are new to church, you were born into sin. Whether you like it or don't like it. The Bible says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here's what I know. If we confess our sins, I believe that Christ raised from the dead. Paul tells us, guess what? We will be saved. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal life. Uh, the other major vulnerability in our lives is our head. We've got our heart, but here's our head. This is the enemy who wants to take you out. He wants to make you think that you're not saved. He wants to cause discouragement and tell you, were you really saved? Were you really changed? He wants to attack the minds of believers. And, and here's what I know. I mean, we see this often. We see an increase in depression in, in, in recent years and suicide amongst not even just church people, but sometimes pastors who were overcome by fear and depression. And, and listen to me. It's from the boardroom of hell that those lies of depression and those lies and anxiety in people all bo are born. Amen? Salvation is a free gift. Here's what I'll tell you. You can't earn it. But the Lord says, here, I freely give it to you. Receive it in faith. And Ephesians 2.8, you know, or Ephesians 2 tells us that, that, man, it's not by our works that we're saved. It's by God's grace. And it's a free gift. God gives it to us and says, do you want it? Yeah, you want it? Come on, put this, this helmet on. And every day, man, we're to put on the helmet of salvation. It gives me hope that, I, hey, I'm out here on this earth, and I'm not just existing, but I have a hope of a future and, and, and a life with Jesus Christ. Here's number six right here, the sword of the spirit. Everyone say sword of the spirit. That's the worship team to come. Hustle, hustle, sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everyone say word of God. The Greek word here is, is, is makara, and it's translated sword. And when we hear sword, a lot of us want to think big sword, right, massive sword, you know, two hands to move it and swing it. But actually, that word here is not that kind of sword. It's a small dagger. It's a it's a hand-to-hand -hand combat weapon. The Romans used this, this, this weapon called the gladius, and it's a small sword, and it's about 24 inches long, and that's it. So you could use it with one hand. And, and, uh, and it was the weapon that they used for close combat. You don't want a big sword for close combat. You want something small that you can jab, 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 right? And, and, and so here is what we know. It, when the Romans probably used it, it was lethal, and, and they would kill their enemies. 
And here's what I'll tell you. Our weapon as believers is this little <laughs> sword right here, the word of God. The sword of the spirit is what it calls it, the word of God. Everyone say the word of God. And here's what, what we need to know is we've got to be skillful in using our sword against the enemy. And this is what most of us are not good at. We haven't hid this thing in our hearts. We can't call it to memory when we need to call it to memory. Say, I, I have trouble understanding it. Well, do you read it? I have trouble memorizing it. Well, when's the last time you read it? Well, I read it off the, the thing today, Sunday. But we will not learn to use our sword until we get practice with it. I had a coach that used to, you know, the saying practice makes perfect. And, and he didn't say that. He said, I, I don't like that phrase, practice doesn't make perfect. He said, this is, and I, I agree with him. Practice makes permanent. Because when you practice something over and over and over, guess what? It is permanent within you. Amen? And we got to be skillful in using our sword of the spirit against, uh, uh, against the enemy. And here's what happens. He comes in and he throws accusations at us. But guess what? We can counter those accusations with the word of God. The devil says, oh, you're nothing. God said, I'm the head and not the tail. He said, I was his masterpiece. What are you talking about, devil? Shut up. It's what Jesus did. I talked about this last week. It's what he did in the wilderness three times. The devil came in and tried to trick Jesus, and Jesus pulled out his sword. Man, 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 after the third time, the devil's like, I'm out. I'm not going to win this battle. The word here is, is this, rhema. Everyone say rhema word of the Lord, and that is an inspired word by the Holy Spirit. Now, now listen to me. The Bible here is the, the logos, the written word, okay? The written word. I'm giving you a little Bible lesson here, all right? But rhema is a fresh word that, that, that comes in due season, okay? And, and it's in rhythm, and it's in harmony with the logos word. If someone gives you a rhema word that goes against the logos word of God, you rebuke them and walk away, Okay? But rhema word is a word that is in season. When Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, he has called to memory. Hey, this is a rhema word right here, devil. You know, out of the logos, hey, you know, you know, <laughs> you know I'm right. And the ideal here is that you'll just have the right word for the right person at the right time. Amen. And as you, as you meditate upon the full counsel of the written word of God, the rhema word, come on, is going to just pour into us. And precise words will come to you at the right time that when your enemy comes in, you'll be able to say, devil, no, it's not what the word of God says. Amen? Next part says this. Now, we always talk about six, but I, I want to talk about seven right here. This is this one, praying in the spirit. Everyone say, pray in the spirit. This is, this is an easy one to overlook really fast. A lot of people don't even want to teach on this. Says this, verse 18, praying at all times. How many times? All times. When? All times. All in the Greek means what? <laughs> with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all 
perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So, and Paul would even say in verse 19, hey, remember me, remember me while you're praying, because I need prayer, I'm in prison right now, pray for me. In addition to the sword of the spirit, I, I believe this, whether it's a connection with the sword of the spirit or, or it stands alone, but prayer is another weapon that we have in our arsenal. It is. Here's what I know. Praying at all times in the spirit, that means in harmony with what God wants. Now, some of you who have your prayer language, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Listen, that is a weapon that you have. You would say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Your, your prayer language, it, it, you'll pray in harmony with God's heart. Romans 8, 26 says this. For we do not know what, when we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us. He's speaking on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. And sometimes I don't know what to pray, and, and the Holy Spirit just begins to pray for me. Amen? And who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. And when I'm praying, I'm praying in, in sync. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit will intercede put things in motion that I may not even realize need to be put into motion. Amen? And I like this. Prayer is like long-range artillery. We can pray on behalf of other believers when the enemy's coming in. You know what I can do right now? If our missionary in Guatemala is fighting a spiritual battle right here, right here uh, in Guatemala, I can come down here and I can pray and I can call out their name and I can pray for them. And you know what happened? throwing artillery shells over there and saying, get back from the people of God. Amen? Oh, come on. You got family in another state. They're struggling, man. Listen, moms, dads, you could pray. You could throw those prayers of artillery over there. They may not even know where they're coming, but they could protect them. Amen? Paul is, he's asking the, the Ephesians to pray for him. We can do the same. This is what I want to do today. You'll bow your heads with me. Give me just a few moments. I'll be done. Almost done, Wyatt. With your heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I hear you. I heard what you were saying.